Gentlemen, welcome back to the Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast. Welcome back! Welcome back, man. He's lost his mind. I am insane. He's on a tangent now. I'm completely insane. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, we're just uh, very excited today. We got a really good episode. Oh, dude, for sure. It's insane, man. super excited about it. Oh, man, I have an erection for weeks. (laughs) Uh, What, uh, so uh, I guess, you know, you're here. It's Monday. For sure. The 26th of September. Yes. And as you already know, every Monday we have a brand new episode. Oh my God. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. I'm forgetting everything. iTunes, Happiness, Sunshine. Sunshine. No. (laughs) But follow us, guys. You know we hate plugging it, but we got to do it. And if you follow, that means you're even better than us, which is awesome. Which is insane. What it really is like in real life. Oh, yeah, dude. So what have you been up to, man? Oh, dude, I've been up to uh, like nothing. I I could go with the standard fare. We but keep saying that, huh? Fucking my hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like uh, watching a lot of TV. Uh, God, Do you what, see any new shows or anything? Uh, I've been watching a lot of Supernatural. Like, I, I, you I mean, are obsessed. I, I, I swear to God, if I have to fuck two guys, <laughs> it's gonna be Sam or Dean at the same yeah. time, pretty much. But uh, I don't know what I've been up to. Like, uh, uh, what movies did I watch? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, anti-birth. Oh, yeah. I did watch. Right. We're going to talk about that. It's going to be fantastic because I did watch it. <laughs> yeah, we actually uh, have a, uh, we did a, we're going to be doing an interview today. Oh, sure. Uh, for you guys. And we're very honored to have Danny Perez, who oh, did dude, the movie. He's the writer sure. and director of anti-birth and uh, starring Natasha Lyonne and Chloe insane. Sevigny. I think I said it right that time. Uh, you said it better than I could say it. Yeah. I've been practicing because I'm like, I don't want to say it wrong. I always thought it was Savini, but that's totally <laughs> wrong. But she doesn't do effects. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's a pretty great film, and we're not just saying that. Like Literally, after I s- stopped watching the movie, I hit up Danny Perez as quick as I could because I was really excited about oh, it. Oh, fucking so. insanely cool. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, this is good. So... um, but yeah, we got a, a topic for today. Oh, dude. We're not even really sure what the fuck we're going to call it. We were thinking sea horror uh, or seaworthy <laughs> horror. Anything uh, that has to do with like horror at the sea. In the uh, sea. Yeah, like dropping anchor. But that sounds like a euphemism for <laughs> for sex. For sex. No, it sounds like taking a shit. <laughs> what are you talking about? But, uh, but yeah, so anything that not on the beach... Okay, we're talking in the sea. Oh, in so the sea. you are isolated in the middle of the ocean, and so fuckery happens. Oh, dude, and that is seaworthy horror. Pretty much. So, 
But uh, we got a really good cast for you to get today, and uh, I hope you guys stick around. I think it's about that time, Michael. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's horror shots. So today on Horror Shots, we have brought to you a special concoction that is in line with the topic of today, which is seaworthy horror. Seaworthy horror. Sea horror. So we thought of run. several different types of <laughs> names. Uh, we came to the conclusion that man overboard sounds about right. Or just dead man overboard or something. I don't fucking know, all right? Stop. Pushing us. Because bending a man over a board is like, uh, sounds like a good time. It's totally not PC, and that's not who we are. But uh, man overboard, and this is what is the ingredients. It is Kraken rum, Jägermeister, so half a shot and half a shot of each. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. With a topper of grenadine, which is our apparently the go-to whatever ingredient. <laughs> So it's like the mayonnaise of uh, of shot. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Uh, I like mayonnaise, but when you say it like that. <laughs> um, so, but before we get into that, we're actually drinking um, our sipping whiskey today. Oh yeah, we are drinking. Uh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and pronounce oh, that? Yeah, because it's, I've never uh, heard I, it. I have a, some Lafroig. Uh, it is uh, Isla Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. It's a uh, cask strength. And it's phenomenal if you're into uh, oak. suck sucking the dick of a uh, <laughs> uh, the salt lick underwear fire. <laughs> it's like oaky, very strong oaky. Like. Yeah, it's it's like a like like if you wanted to go to the beach and you wanted to have like a like a fire at the beach, right? And you're like, you know what? What would make this better is if I suck this log's cock. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's. I tasted it, and he was ta- he was talking it up quite a bit. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm down to try it, you know, because these are, like, pretty expensive. We're drinking fancy today. <laughs> Mike Mike hooked it up. Um, but, yeah, this stuff is, like, very oaky. Now, me, on the other hand, I'm a big pussy, and I'm drinking... <laughs> it's not really a pussy because it's oh, actually no. really fucking That is good. not a pussy drink. That is a ph- phenomenal. It's, it's called RB12. Red Breast. Red Breast uh, 12 Year. Tw- Red Breast 12 Year, huh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's 12 it's Year. A, is it a single... Uh, it's a, it's a. It's oh, a, that scotch is only single and double malt. Well, that that's a that's a that's a mix. Okay. It's, it's a malted and unmalted barley. Okay. It's uh. It's smooth as fuck, guys. It's one of the the best, if not the best, uh, Irish whiskeys. If you get a chance, treat yourself, because honestly, I really think it's really good. It is phenomenal. What is the other one that we used to start drinking with? Oh, uh, Tullamore. Tullamore. That's right. Tullamore's very good. And as that's well. like a cheaper, better Jack Daniels sort of whiskey, <laughs> I guess. But it's way better than Jack Daniels. Like by a mile, but uh, enough of that. Oh, horror shot! I just man. wanted to tell you guys what we were sipping now. Sipping now, scissor. This is gonna be bad. Yeah, we're gonna. So I'm pouring in half a shot into a skull shot glass. Half a shot of ruhypnol. <laughs> Forget it all. <laughs> Forget it all. Oh, have that's, have that's really have uneven. fun and all. Let me uh, pour some of that back in the other one here. So uh, we got that. Now we're going to go ahead and pour a half a shot of Jägermeister. We couldn't find the oh, little bottles Jaeger. because apparently everybody wants Jägermeister. God. 
Jaeger. So we're pouring in half a shot of that. I've never, I've never looked forward to Jägermeister. Yeah, I'm not thinking that this is going to taste too hot. It's going to taste like rape. And I don't even know what the point of the grenadine is. <laughs> like, well, really? the, the point is that we have it, and, yeah. we, need, and we need to. We're use trying it. to make use of our arsenal, guys. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Our supercar. It's going to taste like buttholes. All right. Now the trash can, Mike, is. <laughs> Right there. <laughs> in case I need to express, I'm sorry, to express my, my true feelings for this yeah, shot. through your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So here it is. Man overboard. Ladies and gentlemen, man overboard. Cheers, sir. Cheers. It's not horrible. It just tastes like Jägermeister. It doesn't really taste like much of anything. It's just Jägermeister. Yeah, Jägermeister is pretty strong. It tastes like bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why, but it just, it works, I guess. I don't know. Not bad, yeah. They're both dark. You know, the, the Kraken rum is pretty dark. Jägermeister probably overpowers the Kraken. It, it totally does. It does. It does for sure. I think I taste a little grenadine, though. Um, it's probably smoothed it out. I seriously was a little nervous about taking it because, like, I, I was thinking about it too much and anticipating yeah, it. It's like taking an AIDS test. You're a little nervous. <laughs> so we are not uh, sponsored by either of these, but if you are listening, uh, we are severe alcohol. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not. We are not. Uh, but yeah, that's it for Horror Shot, guys. If you like that, try it out. The information is below of what it is to make the drink. Uh, but yeah, that's it for Horror Shots, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the news. Here is the fucking news. So, so the news may not be relevant at the time of listening. It's close as we it's can close get. close enough. And what feels like a good shade. Yeah. yeah, anyway. Dude, one thing I want to talk about right off the bat is like uh, Bill Murray's birthday. Fuck yeah, dude. It's kind of And cool. Stephen King. Stephen King. I don't want to take away from either of them. Now, Bill Murray isn't exactly Mr. Horror guy, but he is an idol to me as a child. Oh, for guy. sure. I looked at Bill Murray like he was... The second cool dad that I wish I had. You know what I mean? My dad was cool, but Bill Murray, Bill was... Murray was fucking amazing. Oh yeah. And I and 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 that was something me and my dad shared growing up is Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, dude. So we had to give him a shout out. September twenty first, both Bill Murray and the master of horror, Stephen King. So uh, King uh, King's birthday was in uh September? It's September twenty first, oh, the same day. Same with same with me. Wait, what's your birthday? Uh September second. Oh, we didn't even celebrate it on the air? Ah, no. What a dick. Well, you're a dick. (laughs) I'm a dick. I didn't birth you. (laughs) But no, it's insanely cool, man. I mean, Stephen King, man. Dude, the dude is nuts. Yeah. Uh, He's such a prolific writer, and he's produced so much product. He is not my favorite writer, but I will say that... I have mad respect for him. For for sure. For sure. For a lot of stuff that he does. Oh, yeah, dude. And I'm not trying to lower anything that he does by any means but he is not my he is a great writer he's just not my personal favorite writer okay 
Which, so is, which a, is cool, man. Like, Clive Barker and H.P. Lovecraft are kind of up there together, in my opinion. I read a lot of Clive Barker and even some Dean Koontz, but I would say Stephen King definitely beats Dean Koontz. Oh. <laughs> by a landslide. Yeah, I'm going to have no opinion on that. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything about that. But, but yeah, happy birthday, Bill. Happy birthday, Stephen. Mr. King, you are hey, the whose king. whose birthday is it today? Oh, is God. It is you, it your Bill? birthday? Is it you, Stephen? Oh, God. I see Billy. I see Stevie. Oh, I got balloons. They're for you. <laughs> Do you, get, do you remember that show when we were kids? What was it called? It was like, um, it was like they had Paddington Bear. Oh, I don't know what it was. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I don't know, dude. It's like, I see Billy, I see Susie, I see Julie. And then in like Paddington Bear came in. And, I don't know. Maybe right, I'm crazy. If you guys know what I'm talking about, sound off in the comments and make me feel not as old as I really <laughs> am. Uh, we also got, let's see, uh, Phantasm Remastered. In theaters coming out on September 24th. Right. That's the remaster J.J. Abrams did. Which is insane. Helped made happen. Yeah. Which has caused other, the entire series to get remastered. Which is amazing. Which is insanely cool. So that's September 24th. And I, I do want to see that in the theater. Like, I really do. But it's like, I'm, I'm almost more excited just to get the set. <laughs> like, Phantasm's not my most favorite franchise. It is one of many franchises yeah. that I enjoy. And I feel like I do want to see it in the theaters. It's really only playing in a few select theaters, guys. So if you're going to go, like, I looked online to see when the dates were. And it was, like, two theaters here in the Valley in Arizona. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, like, Valley Art and then oh. the other one. Uh, but anyway, it's it's like, so if you get a chance and you wanted to see Phantasm in the theaters, this is your opportunity, guys. Go out, gangbusters, and see it. Actually, I don't even know what I'm saying because it's coming out <laughs> this weekend before we air this. So, dude, dude. God damn it. Yeah, it's literally in two days from here, from where we are. But anyway, September 24th, it came oh, out. Yeah, for Hopefully sure. you guys got to see it. Uh, Phantasm Ravager, they got a new trailer out. Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the new trailer Dude. came out. We watched Dude. it right before. Oh, yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> Mike and I have been drinking a little bit. Yeah, don't drink. Alcohol is bad. Uh, but yeah, the new trailer just came out this past week, and uh, it looks kick-ass. Like, I really think... You know, at first, when I first saw the few trailers, I'm going to be honest here, I kind of thought, uh, it looks a little cheesy. Like, it looks like overproduced CGI kind of stuff. You know, yeah. but it is mixed with some some like practical effects. It looks like, but they are using some heavy CGI. Yeah. Um. I I think they're using the same guy that Don Coscarelli was using. Oh shit. Uh, for John dies at the end. Oh really? That's crazy. Yeah. That's very cool. Because if you remember, I think at the end of John dies at the end, they had a a sphere of some sort. Uh, I don't remember, but you could be right. But anyway, I saw the trailer. If you guys saw the trailer, sound off in the comments. If you haven't, look in the look in the information below and watch the fucking trailer. Because yeah, if you if much. you haven't seen Phantasm, they are going to be releasing an entire box set probably early next year. I'm just guesstimating here. And then the, I'm sure Ravager, which is the final Phantasm movie, is going to be in theaters probably this October. That is the rumor I hear. Shit. I don't know for sure. But anyway, so what were you going to say? You said... Oh, uh, what I was getting to pretty much is that uh, Jamie Lee Coitus is Coitus? going to be... <laughs> Coitus? <laughs> Jamie Lee like Curtis. the act of lovemaking? Uh, it's uh, 
Coitus. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, she's she's gonna be directing an episode of uh, Scream Queens. Scream Queens, which is cool. So you started. You said that you started to watch the new new season. Yeah, I watched a, a couple episodes and didn't get too far into it because it it didn't do much for me. Yeah. It, it, it and no knock on anybody behind it, but it was too uh, too nice. Right. Too. Uh, it, it was too much like uh, like hey we got all this like uh, cool whip. Right. And whatever. <laughs> it was very. Sounds like a party. <laughs> Were they doing whippets? It, it was. <laughs> It was very, it was very, very uh, simple. You know, okay. So let me just tell my a little quick thing about. Okay. I'll make this brief, but I'll tell you this quick little thing. When I first saw the first season, I didn't really like it at first. It took me like two or three episodes, because first of all, it's so like teeny bopper esque. Oh yeah, like sure. it is just like, and I don't even know if that's the correct <clears throat> term anymore. I'm so old, um, but it is just like very youth filled. But it's like totally making fun of. It's like totally making fun of it. Oh, totally, totally. Like seriously. Like oh, I God, think Sarah. about it. What, no. Are you gonna take me to prom? Like seriously. <laughs> um, Valley Girl talk. Um, but yeah, no. I I liked the first season actually. There was some. I had some pretty hearty laughs in it. The second season, I watched the new episode, and I'm. I gotta be honest. Like I, it just it feels like they're shooting in the dark. Oh. <laughs> they don't really know where to go. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I'm not 100% sold on it yet, but... Yeah, I don't know that I'm... I mean, I I might watch it, but it's not my thing at this point because it's not doing it for me. Well, it seems like they're using some of the same music in it. It's got sort of a synth-wavy, updated feel to it, which is cool. I like that. A lot of the same actors are back. Eh, I don't know. If you guys like it, I mean, I don't know. We're still going to... I'm still going to give it a shot, but I don't have much faith right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, what else do we got for news? Dude, Rob Zombie's, uh, 31. Uh, Rob Zombie's 31? Yeah, why not? I watched it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Shit, I didn't know that. Well, it's out on VOD right now, I think. I don't know for sure by the time you guys hear this or not, or if it's gone on, on some time how, <coughs> how limit was or whatever. It though? But I watched it. And I was actually talking to Kyle from uh, the Laughing Horror Podcast. Oh, really? Wow. And he was dude. like, so, like, I was literally about to watch it, and he hit me up through Twitter or whatever, and he was like, hey, so what do you, what do you think so far? He wanted blah, some blah, blah, dick pics. But he was like, he was like, dude, just be prepared for motion sickness. <laughs> and I'm like, nah. <laughs> nah. I was like, so the movie started up. I'm going to be honest. Like, the dialogue was pretty cringy. Well, that's weird. It was. I mean, I'm not saying like I get it. It's Rob Zombie, and Rob Zombie's world. People talk kind of like we yeah. do. Yeah, like fuck you, you pussy cock. I'm mother. the one that you wanted. Sling blade, bitch, sir. It's almost like he's just throwing out every single bad word that 13. he can okay, in some sort of classic, cool way to throw it out. Yeah, but that's not. I mean, it is how people talk, but not every sentence. You know what I mean? Unless they're like obliterated drunk and they don't know what they're saying. So the dialogue was a little... mm, But as it got started, I actually was kind of into it. But the action scenes, like Kyle said... Oh, cool. They were all over the fucking place. Oh. The camera work was worse than the Blair Witch Project. Oh. Like, it was so, like... Like... 
Like, I know that they were trying to make it an action scene, but it just, I don't know. But the movie's okay. I probably would give it like a seven. There's some really cool dialogue that he actually did write okay. for one of the characters in it. Essentially, the story, if you guys don't know what this is about, and I'm not ruining anything for you, so don't worry. No earmuffs. But essentially what happens is, is Rob Zombie wrote this story about these people on a trip. They get picked up to go and fight in an arena against certain types of people. And these certain types of people, they have to survive over, the, the, I think it's like 24 hours. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I know it's, it's very simple, but there is some merit to it. Okay. Like, there okay. is some merit okay. to it. Like, I actually did enjoy some of the characters. I enjoyed some of the dialogue once it got into the story. But the motion sickness thing is real. Okay. And it does kind of throw some people off, I hear, so... But other than that, it's not bad. I'd probably give it like a 6.5 or a 7. Okay. Nothing like to write home about. But also, um, big news, and, and I, something we've talked over the beginning oh, of dude, our podcast. Oh, dude, yeah, for sure, man. Is it. Just wrapped. Oh, are you serious? Just wrapped. Oh, my God. So the new um, Stephen King story, It, uh, just wrapped up. Um, uh, in fact... <laughs> Barbara Muschietti, uh, which I assume is an Italian-sounding name. I hope I said it wrong. <laughs> I mean, right. Um, the photo, it, she posted on Twitter. She posted a photo, and it had a weathered jack-in-the-box with, like, a Pennywise as the clown that pops out. <laughs> and the design is basically the same as the photograph that came out earlier this year. This is verbatim on Bloody Disgusting. We'll provide the link below. But she said... And yes, it's a wrap on the It movie. Hashtag it, it the movie. Thank you, amazing cast and crew, for its magical journey. And thank you, Stephen King. Hashtag Stephen King for giving us the tale. Um, but I don't want to read any more about that, but it's a wrap. Yeah. So we're well on our way, guys. If you're It fans, we're well on our way. Anyway, what else do we have for the news, Mike? Um, the Void. Oh, The Void, dude. Yeah, The Void premieres. Oh, dude. At Fantastic Fest tonight, technically, which is Thursday, Thursday the 22nd. So it premiered at Fantastic Fest uh, at midnight. Yeah. So, and I'm really excited. I'm going to provide the trailer, the test footage trailer and the the information. But this movie is something that I'm really interested in seeing. It looks very Lovecraftian, like beyond whatever the veil sort of style, (laughs) uh, which we're really into, obviously. But I think it's going to be cool. Um, by the time you guys hear this, there probably is some reviews up, so I would definitely check it out and see what people think because I'm curious to see. It looks very grassroots. These guys have been in other films, Steve Kazansky, and I forget the other guy's name, and I apologize for that. Oh. But if you're listening, we would love to do an interview with you before <laughs> or after, hopefully after the show, but you're probably yeah, going to be busy. Pretty much. But, uh, but yeah, that's it. Right? Is that for news? Yeah, fuck it. That's it it for the news! Fuck it for the news! All right, now I'm going to go off on uh, some rapid-fire new releases that are coming out specifically for for tomorrow. Today's Monday, the 26th for you guys, and that is tomorrow, the 27th, so at midnight tonight, technically. Or you might even have the disc in your mail today. 
Uh, but there are some movies that are coming out, some that are not horror related and some that are. Bill and Ted's Double Disc, Bill and Ted's uh, Most Excellent Collection. Bill and Ted's Most Excellent Adventures. <laughs> uh, which most is the kids show. Excellent. But they got the, the, the double disc coming out from the first two movies, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure oh, yeah. and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey that are coming out tonight or tomorrow. Fuck, man. Um, there's also a special edition of that with a Rufus doll. <laughs> the late... Uh, R- Rufus? Do you know who played Rufus? Famous <laughs> right. comedian, dude. Are you, you hanging in here, Mike? I, for, I forget his name, dude. Mike is passing out on me <laughs> as we're trying to finish the goddamn episode. I forget his name! Uh, anyway, Rufus. So they got a special collection edition of the, the on, with the Rufus, on. and then they got the one the double disc that comes with like a guitar pick. George Carlin. Oh, dude. There yeah, you go. Dude. George Carlin plays Rufus, but he's George the Rufus Carlin. doll. You so you can get the collection with the Rufus Fucking, doll. I don't know the oh, price offhand, yeah. and it comes with all the other stuff that comes with the deluxe edition, which is basically the guitar pick and the stickers. It needs to come with a Slurpee. Uh, let me see here. Hold on. Let me go through these. Okay. So not only Bill and Ted's, but we also have Chopping Mall, Blood oh. Diner. Wow. These are all Blu-rays, too, by the way, guys. Slugs and the Neon Demon. These are just a few. These are the ones I am interested in getting. Wow. So, But those are coming out on the 27th, so tonight or tomorrow for you guys. Now it's time for our segment and our interview with none other than Danny Perez. Dude. From the movie Afterbirth. If you guys have not seen this movie, don't worry. We're not going to really spoil too much from you. But I highly recommend you watching the movie and checking that out. Because it is a really good movie. It's out on VOD, video on demand right now. Oh, yeah. I watched it on Amazon. Uh, There is going to be some releases for that later on. And we'll explain that in the interview. But right now, we're going to go ahead and play that for you right now. We're here with Danny Perez. Welcome to Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast, Danny. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, Danny Perez has actually just made a new movie by the name of Anti Birth, and uh, we're going to be talking with him today. So, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, just enjoying a rare cloudy day in Southern California. So, <laughs> I'm good. I'm about to. Uh, go camping for the weekend so that's oh, nice. nice and just get getting all my ducks in a row before i leave town for the night cool. but uh or two night rather but nice. i'm good i can't complain nice man well i mean i guess let's just start off let's tell us a little bit about what you do uh you know i, I it's been a it's taken me a long time to call myself a director just because i feel like especially Living in Los Angeles, you meet people all the time that call themselves producers and directors, and they're just not or don't really have that experience or just like super, uh, can be really pretentious about it. So I've unfortunately finally <laughs> reached a point in my life where I feel comfortable calling myself a director, but the bulk of my background was more as a, a visual artist and kind of doing more experimental, like weird video art type pieces for some kind uh, for certain uh, music groups so you know i definitely am trying to work in a more uh, narrative 
format, which is what Antibirth kind of represents, but my background is a little more uh, just in the, in the visual arts. So I feel like that's kind of where, where the visual sensibility comes from. Which is pretty awesome. I mean, we've we both really appreciated your visual aesthetic and uh, in, oh, in your you. work. I, I did watch a little bit of uh, Odd Sack, but um, I wanted to ask you actually, where are you? Where do you hail from? Like, where do you? Where are you born and raised? I'm I'm originally from Northern Virginia, like just outside of Washington D.C. My nice. parents are both. Yeah, so I'm a fully an East Coaster and. I went to school in New York and then lived in Philadelphia for a long time after New York and then came out to Los Angeles about six years ago. So I'm very much uh, an East Coaster. Me too, man. I'm actually from Frederick, Maryland. So I'm not too far from you. I can tell that you're East Coast just because of your personality, I guess. I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's different from the West Coast. Yeah, totally. I mean, I like like California a lot too. I think the a great part of the country, but there's definitely an inherent difference as far as when you meet people that are born on, on either coast. Right. No, I agree with you, man. It's like when you go into a store on the East Coast, people are like, get your stuff and get out for the most part. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and when yeah, you're no, here, they want to talk to you. They take for fucking ever, man. They take forever out here. It's just like getting a coffee sometimes will take like 10 minutes, whereas if you were in New York or even Baltimore, you would have been halfway home by the time you get out of the fucking store here. Like... <laughs> Definitely it takes me it's taking me some getting used to like just a little bit slower out here. Well, so let me ask you this. I mean, I know that you 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 just mentioned that you did a lot of visual work with um, doing doing visuals with some bands actually, and I know that you worked really closely with the Black Dice and the Animal Collective, uh, doing visuals mm-hmm. and touring with them actually for years even. So can you tell us a little bit how that came about? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just, uh, I was in New York going to film school, uh, you know, in the early 2000s, or I graduated in 2002, rather, and I just become friends with those guys through the music scene there, and, uh, you know, basically wanted to do something kind of more physical and immediate with the format as far as video and film and it being kind of a two-dimensional medium, so kind of doing a, uh, the 21st century version of like a liquid light show as far as these, you know, abstract projections and kind of mixing live to the music as, you know, like literally like using a video mixer if you're kind of doing edits live was uh, really fun for me and just kind of brought a, uh, just a more physical sensibility to it. Also, you know, you're, you're in a, you know, in a club or a gallery right. or a museum and, you know, the sound is all around you and it's really loud. It just kind of uh, was a really uh, fun for me and at the same time i was kind of just you know stealing clips or you know random heads exploding from random cult <laughs> movies and gore movies and kind of looping them and editing them and collaging them with other you know layers and videos so that definitely i think affected my sense of composition and kind of like how i shoot now and like what i'm looking for in the frame and so forth so it was definitely like a it was a fun you know i did that for a long time like over almost 10 years so it was a just like a different kind of education as far as using the medium. And, you know, I would literally go to clubs and hang up the screen and be climbing on ladders to like, you know, hang the projector. And so I really like definitely got a pretty uh, intense uh, perspective on like, you know, just, just composition in the frame, like what ends up there. Cause I would toil, toil, toil for like weeks before tour, making these fucked up images. And then we'd get to a club and half of the band's amplifiers cut off like the bottom two thirds of the frame. And all you're seeing is like <laughs> the eyeballs of the person. So, and then, and that would make me appreciate the, you know, the, 
imagery in a different way. So just constantly kind of mutating and trying to like rip stuff apart and look at it differently. Nice. When you hooked up with uh, the Black Dice and everything, you you said you went on tour with them for several years, actually. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So you guys became friends, obviously, because there's no way you can go on a yeah. tour. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you literally, you know, you live with these guys, you're in a van, you're in a different city every <laughs> night, so uh, you definitely get real close and, uh, you know, get to know each other very well. But, you know, so super fun experience to have in your twenties and see the world that way. Uh, well, yeah, you know, I definitely, we, you know, we played everywhere from just kind of rock clubs to museums, to squats, to bars, to just everywhere. And Dive when I toured that, probably. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, full circle, full of everything from, you know, yeah, just movie stars in your backstage room, the homeless people pissing on your van outside, like just <laughs> ran, ran, ran the gamut, ran the gamut. Uh, yeah, you know, so it's a good, good experience to have. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, it's obvious that you're a pretty big fan of of music and movies. Uh, is oh, there any any particular genre that genre, excuse me, that you kind of rotate towards and that like you feel as you? I mean, I definitely prefer more like abrasive kind of uh heavy electronic music but i also know that that's not <laughs> the hard pill to swallow for a lot of people or it's just not sonically what most people are comfortable with right so you know <laughs> if i had my druthers i would you know do a whole movie that was just like an assault and made you feel like you were at a concert but i think it's uh you do have to kind of finesse it a little more for the uh just for the the narrative format and doing it in movies and you know i don't know if i'm completely successful uh, transition in it uh, or rather making it more palatable right. uh, in anti-birth because there's definitely like there's always music there's always oh, a sound design or a score element in the movie and i definitely put a lot of work into that and uh you know i just want uh hopefully people can kind of like zone out and trip out on it i feel like oh, totally. watching you know i think uh it gives it gives a lot there's a lot going on in the sound you definitely, I mean, the the music and the mood and everything is definitely there. And uh, I think cool. we both really enjoyed that a whole lot. Um, awesome. I'm glad. And I uh, put, uh, put a lot of work into getting all those songs and kind of pulling a lot of favors and definitely had to fight. Had to fight as far as dealing with uh, the budget and the producers not wanting to pay for certain things right. at times. Yeah. So, it was, yeah, yeah definitely. It looked like you had quite a lot of producers yeah. attached. So. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm more producer than cat. It's fucking crazy. That just goes to show. And literally, most of the people I've never met, like they're just, right. you know, people that come on and give you X amount of dollars, and they want their name in the credits. But oh, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it just goes to show you what it, unfortunately, what it takes to get a movie like this made. I mean, forget like an indie horror movie. Like those get made. You know, there's ten indie horror movies being shot literally right now, probably in Los Angeles. But to get an indie horror movie, and I'm not saying it's a two mile horn. I'm saying it's like as a fan, <laughs> no. like as a viewer. But like that's, for lack of a better word, really fucking weird. Is really hard. Like it's right. you know, it's not a traditional movie. It's not. It doesn't necessarily have like traditional scares or even jump scares. So it was you know that I, I say that because like that that long list of producers is unfortunately indicative of like all the hoops and the weird kind of handshakes you have to do to get a movie like this made. Oh yeah. Odd Sick was your first movie, right? The first yeah, but movie. you know, it's, yeah, it looks like my, you know, it's the first, like the longest format thing I've done. It's okay. like an hour long, but you know, most people in this industry or rather the film industry 
they don't even regard that as, as anything, you know, they're, they're like, that's not a film. That's not, we don't know if we can give you a budget. So I essentially had to scrap and kind of pull this project together for years. And mind you, not it's a, the biggest budget I'd ever had and certainly a step up, but I had to, you know, essentially prove myself with this one. And <laughs> I think in, yeah. in so, some ways I have, some ways I have as far as, you know, transitioning. That helped you actually get funding for this project, right? I'm assuming to some degree. No, I'm not saying the opposite. Like it didn't help me at all. (laughs) Like it didn't. Like people saw. Like you know, I, you know, what I regarded as a movie, and you know, I traveled all over the world with it, and I went to Sundance with it, so I had that validation, and I was going to big film festivals, but or you know, the the weekly paper in Philadelphia put me on the cover for like and did an interview with me. You know, I come out to L.A. and they're like. You can barely get a job at Starbucks. Who gives a fuck if you've been to Sundance? <laughs> you know, like they literally, they're just like, yeah. So what? You did a, you did a fucking fifty-minute movie that I can't watch because I'm not stoned. Like they don't care. <laughs> well, I gotta say, I mean, anti-birth. I mean, I love it, and it has fans, you know, and people, you know, I get emails periodically from kids all over the world. They're like, I watched a hot sack, and it changed the way I looked at movies, and now I want to make <laughs> movies like you. Under the influence, uh, maybe too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just give out pot with every movie or fucking mushrooms or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, as far as anti-birth, I mean, you came out swinging with that. I mean, it, it really looks like you've been doing this a long time. Oh, and it, yeah, dude. We were both very impressed by that. Aesthetically, it's it's amazing. I mean, what you did visually. Oh, thanks, man. Well, you know, I, I definitely have... I have, you know, I've worked as a crew person a lot on set. I did a lot of art department stuff just, you know, for money as far as, you know, working on various commercials and films and not that I ever really got to do anything really interesting production design wise, but I've definitely had a lot of time, I think, uh, on set just as a crew person. And that's kind of something maybe a lot of young directors don't have or don't have that experience that kind of allows them to be empathetic to the crew that they're working with and kind of navigate the situation. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I thank you, and I, I appreciate it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're uh, not just trying to milk you here and like you know butter no, you no, up, yeah, but honestly, it. like we really I'll, feel I'll that way. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. But you know, there's a, there's some uh, there's definitely some uh, some young young first filmmaker kind of syndromes happening in the film too. I think that like now I can look at him and be like, oh, I should have done that, or oh, I could have tried this better. Or, Right. So, you know, it's, uh, well, you're you always know, your worst the... critic on that, I'm sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's how Absolutely. you learn and you move on. And you make even better film and, and music or whatever yeah. you're into. So, you know, I'm, I'm really yeah. curious. How'd you get hooked up with the principles you use in the film? Uh, yeah. Natasha yeah. and Chloe, I actually knew through kind of like the music world in New York. And, you know, they were fans of some of the people I was working with, would be at shows and so forth. And then Natasha started dating a good friend of mine, and this was years and years ago. He introduced us, and she was a a fan of some of my music videos and just the work I was doing. And yeah, basically, before she'd even kind of started this uh, resurgence via Orange is the New Black, I was writing stuff for her, and I had, you know two other scripts that are even crazier that will probably never get made that <laughs> where she's the lead. And, uh, you know, finally kind of wrote this for her. And then she mentioned that Chloe was willing and, you know, wanted to do something with us as well. So then I naturally just kind of wrote her into the script. So, you know, super, super lucky to have them on my side. And to their credit, they they stuck with the project for a long time. Like it took, you know, a good five years 
from when I showed them the scripts to when we were actually on set. So th- most actors, had a, you know, within that time frame probably would have bailed or said, you know what, sorry, I can't do this. But they, they stuck with it the whole time. That's really cool. It seems like they were very passionate about it. So that's that's really awesome to hear. No, yeah, I'm, I'm super, super lucky in that regard. Like, I, I there's many, uh, many uh, people in this town, you know, all over the country, super talented, like, you know, directors and writers that, I am not like they don't have Natasha Leone and Chloe Severny like as their friends are willing to do their movies. So I definitely uh, am grateful for that. At the same time, I made a really fucked up weird movie, so I kind of blew it. But <laughs> I don't think that's too yeah. bad though. I think it stuck. It stood out a little bit from the others. I, I definitely. Yeah, no, I mean these are the kinds of movies that I like, and these are the, the kind of films that I would you know gravitate towards when I was younger and like watching movies with my friends in the parents' basement. So I kind of. I appreciate that kind of uh, that cinematic landscape of you know, just these weirdo kind of midnight movies. <laughs> just so our listeners can really understand the movie Antibirth that we're talking about, can you give us a little information about? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say the, the short logline is this, basically this uh, woman who's a kind of a slacker and a real just a crass kind of drug addict basically gets pregnant and doesn't remember how she got pregnant and has to kind of figure out what the hell happened to her in this very isolated kind of dreary town that's populated by, you know, misfits and outcasts and ex-military degenerates. So it's basically kind of like, a, you know, we go down the wormhole of uh, insanity and that kind of throw in a lot of references to various military conspiracies and kind of uh, governmental eugenics and kind of tampering with uh, the population. And, you know, overall, it's, I definitely tried to, interject some social commentary into it as far as, you know, America's relationship with consumerism and consumption as far as, you know, turning ourselves into products with these poisonous things we're constantly imbibing. But uh, overall, you know, I also just wanted to make something really fun and hyper-visual and kind of just kinetic. Absolutely. Yeah, where did the idea from the project come from? You know, I can't really say it came from any one place. It was definitely like a combination of a couple different influences or just uh seeds rather and you know one being i knew i had natasha i knew i wanted to write you know a lead role for her and something that would play to her strengths i also knew i wanted to do something with the ufo conspiracies and you know abduction theories and so forth then i also knew i wanted to do something in a desert landscape like originally the film was written to take place in joshua tree like 29 palms which is the desert so i knew i had those two things and then ultimately, I knew I wanted to do something to kind of like subvert the female archetype in movies and female characters. And you know, if there's if there's one sacred cow in our culture, our society, it's definitely a female pregnancy. And you know, regarding the the, the pregnant woman as this you know sacred vessel. So I definitely wanted to kind of give a little fuck you to that. <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, it was you know. In, so in that regard, I kind of like combined all those things. I'm a fan of body horror movies as far as their use yeah, of practical that's, effects. That's, yeah, we really uh, got that vibe definitely. And I mean, I gotta ask, are you a Cronenberg fan? Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I, I, I like Cronenberg a lot. I'm certainly a big fan of some of his films. I'm not, you know, a purist about him or a huge, a huge fan. Like I do feel like there's always like. 85% of the movie's there, or 70 is there, and there's always, like, a, something lacking in the climax or in the resolution, and they're never completely, like, totally gel for me. I mean, I will say, like, his version of The Fly 
is probably one of the best, you oh. know, like mainstream, like studio, like horror movies, like beginning to end. It's great. Yeah. Amazing. Has everything. Best remakes. Yeah, totally. Like it's, yeah, it's, I, I don't, yeah, it's, it's great. But you know, I, you know, there's, you know, some are, some are better than others. Like I like the brood a lot. I think the brood yeah. is one of my, my favorite of his, but yeah, just like his use of effects and just the, just the idea of, uh, kind of insanity and modern anxieties and evils physically manifesting on our bodies is a really interesting uh, visual device to me. So I think that's kind of why I respond to it. But yeah, I think, you know, that's, uh, and like, no doubt, like the scene with Natasha, like pulling her skin off, right. and pulling her teeth off for the mirror, like that's straight out of the fucking fly. Like that's, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, but at the same time, I'm intercut with this kind of, you know, 70s mystic, like Father Yod type guy. So it gives us a little bit of like a different flavor. And that to me, even that that scene alone to me, I guess, is an example of my attempt to make something new by combining uh, disparate but known elements. Meaning we have this lady in front of the mirror, she's pulling her skin off. We've seen this one before in various transformation <laughs> movies and werewolf films. But you do that with a woman and you know, you make it really grimy and you add some texture to the glass and then you cross cut that with a very colorful kind of saccharine kind of psychedelic image. And it gives, you know, a slightly different tone or a duality to it. And I feel like you, you see that a lot throughout the right. movie, as far as me, me trying to just like, you know, whether it's the birthday scene with the kids, with these kind of strange furry guys behind them. Or... What I'm curious about, I'm curious about your writing process. I mean, if you wrote the film, I mean, do you, uh, do you write in the morning? Do you write at night? Do you, you know, do you do coffee? I kind of, you know, you know? Uh, I definitely do coffee. I definitely, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, did you say, did you say coffee? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm saying, because I know, I mean, uh, you know, some dudes do whiskey, but some dudes do coffee, so I'm just curious, you know. <laughs> uh, in regards to writing, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big drinker. I do uh, smoke a bit of the marijuana, the pot, <laughs> I find uh, so you're human. very, uh, very, I know you would never tell from my movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you know, I, I tend to write in the morning. I like to write late at night. I'm kind of a strange Rocky Erickson syndrome, and then I like to have like the TV on on mute with music playing, and then I'll have a YouTube video playing at the same time on another computer. So I'm definitely a fan of a multiple stimulation kind oh, of wow. at all times. So that might, I feel like you kind of see that in the movie to a degree as far as like there's always like some kind of visual device or something in the background or there's always a transition being like built into as far as getting up into the next scene. Like I'm always, maybe I'm a little hyperactive in that regard. <laughs> I think we're all a little ADD. I was like, when I was a child, I think I was diagnosed like way early on and they put me on medication that made me not want to talk. So it was... Uh, <laughs> It was a fun yeah, time. It's weird. I, I just read I just read this kind of cool article about this dad whose son was diagnosed with schizophrenia and he had gone on all these medications that made him balloon up to like really obese weights and then he basically did a bit, a bit of research and went to the rainforest and discovered that he basically feels like his son is a shaman. Whereas like in Western cultures you're a fucking madman, but in, in the rainforest you're a fucking shaman and you're regarded as a spiritual <laughs> kind of person that can tie in, you know, so it, you know, it depends what, uh, <laughs> what, what, uh, what label you put on it, you know? Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I think they misdiagnosed me a little bit. Uh, maybe I just had issues, but yeah, man, you never know. It's just, uh, 
I, mean, I just I think everyone's really quick. At least, and I don't have any kids myself, but it seems mm-hmm. like parents are really quick to diagnose their kids with shit these days and fucking give them pills. And it's just like, dude, kids just want to run around and be assholes. Like that's what they do. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're they're supposed to say dumb shit and annoy you and get into trouble and learn from their mistakes. Like that's what being a kid is. Why do you want to, you know, punish them or, or numb them with some fucking medication? Right. It's like, oh, you don't like the fact that they watch too much TV? Well, give them something to do. Fucking. <laughs> well, now it seems like uh, kids are kind of like, you know, they're like, here's a computer. Just leave me alone. Uh, here's 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 some video games. Please just go away. You know? Yeah, like, no, that's definitely it's going to be interesting. I think when when we are like old grandfatherly men to see like the you know two or three generations from now, all the different right? kind of social behaviors that are going to evolve out of this kind of like lack of social interaction, you know? Right. Is everyone going to be like socially retarded or really mean to each other? Or, you know, it's, I think it'll be. It's definitely going to have some effects, but it might take a while to, you know, permeate into the culture. We'll we'll have old man syndrome by then, I think. <laughs> I'm, I fear that I already do, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you. I mean, you did mention a lot about the practical effects and stuff in that movie, and I know that you worked. Is it David Scott? I believe that you worked with directly on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, he's done a lot of work on like Dawn of the Dead, Jack Brooks, Monster Slayer, the Slasher TV show and stuff. How is it like working with oh, him? He's great. He's great. You know, it's, it's it's unfortunately such a rare opportunity that you get to work with a a practical like creature effects guy, right. or B that you even get to use him for a lot. Like usually, it's like okay, we have one head coming off, and we're gonna bring you in, but. He was, you know, he did really did a lot in the movie. I mean, he is the monster at the end. Like, he, is he, he really? okay? Yeah, and he did the performance, and it's uh, it's funny that you mentioned uh, the Monster Slayer movie because just shows what a nerd I am. Like, when I looked at his IMDb, I was like, I brought up that movie, but specifically like the paint jobs. Like, I remember oh, is that when I saw, really? yeah, like, I remember when I saw that movie, I was like, I really liked the way you painted this one creature, and I really appreciate like the speckles and the way you kind of shaded it. It was like really unique. And he was just like, wait, you're talking about like some fucking paint job I did like 20 years ago or some shit. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, he's great. You know, he does really quality work and he actually, the bulk of his team was made up of, of women. And it was really nice to have just like a different kind of energy on set versus not that I've, you know, I've worked with all kinds of people, but usually when you work with monster guys, they're like, covered in evil dead tattoos and like some shitty metal shirt and just like, you know, there, there's a type. So it was interesting to like, just have a different kind of presence on set, especially with the more like grizzly material. Um, you wouldn't so, yeah, expect it from him. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he's great. And, you know, definitely uh, an asset to uh, the city of Toronto as far as uh, the work he does. Yeah. I saw that you, uh, Worked in Toronto. A buddy of mine said that you worked actually in Sudbury, Ontario. Yeah, yeah, that's where we shot the movie. It's like north of Toronto. Wow. So what hours. was it like working up there? Eh, it wasn't so fun. It was uh, about as beautiful as it looks in the movie, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just you know, it was it was hard just because uh, it was it was so cold. So you right. know, from the east coast now. Been in an East Coast winter, but I've never been in like negative twenty degrees. Um, wow! So it was really fucking cold, and it was just a challenge as far as working with a whole new crew. You know, especially at this kind of young indie level, I'm used to doing everything myself and working with my friends and kind of scrapping together these projects. And this was, you know, me literally kind of getting 
you know, dropped into this situation where everybody else had worked together before. They knew each other, but I was like the new guy from LA and I'd never made a movie before. The young so hotshot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely <laughs> a lot of, I had a, you know, and I'm sympathetic to that situation. I've been on set as a crew person where I've been like talking shit about the director, kind of like, you know, rolling my eyes at a young right. director or whatever. So I can, uh, I can definitely sympathize. So it was, you know, I just had to, mind my P's and Q's and kind of make as many allies as I could. And, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I, I was just, I was in on one hand, it was easy because I, because I didn't know them and because they weren't my friends and there wasn't this like personal or shorthand in our language, I was able to be very explicit and concrete. I'm like, no, this has to be like this. This has to look like this. And this has to do that. As opposed to me being like, oh, hey, Jerry, do you think you can call our friend and see if she has this or that? You know, I was able to be a little more uh, removed from it, which was just a different exercise for me. But uh, well, I was actually yeah, no, curious I mean, was, about that because you you uh, you wrote the movie as well. And I mean, are you pretty open to improv when it comes to acting and everything like that? Or yeah, you... yeah, yeah, totally. I'm not I'm not precious about my writing at all. And, uh, I mean, it would I'm seem not, because yeah. of your visual aesthetics and everything and like just the flow of things it just feels like you would be into improv so totally i mean i literally i can't i can't take credit for the funniest line in the movie like natasha improv the bit about the dual shaved vagina like she has a like a little improv i was gonna say what are the line of her coming out and talking about taking a piss that i think she just threw in there that's <laughs> just in there too i really don't but know. uh but yeah I like I like how it's just uh, I think uh, there is not to get too heady about it, but there is a subtle duality in that you have this very visual artifice, like it's obviously very constructed. Like the environment is, you know, obviously there's a lot of production design. The lighting is very stylized, but then the performances are a little more natural and a little more laid back, and you're are more, more prone to these kind of. Uh, improvised uh, tangents as opposed right. to being very campy and very stagey and very, you know, actors hitting marks and saying, you know, very heightened performances, which, which is what you'd expect for kind of a, you know, shitty Joel Schumacher style kind of look, <laughs> right. you know? Um, um, I just bring that up because I literally, I was like, I always, you know, Batman and Robin was on this morning and I was like, Jesus Christ, just like watch. And I was like, you right. I mean, maybe we're the same age. I'm 36. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm about 39, so I'm right there. Like, I remember seeing, like, those Joel Schumacher Batmans when I was a kid. I was, I was, I was referencing, this, referencing this, trying to explain to someone, like, how you know something's bad. And I was like, I remember seeing the first two Tim Burton movies and be like, oh, they're, you know, they're awesome. I love them. I've never seen, like, a dark Hollywood movie like this, blah, blah, blah. And then you see the Joel Schumacher one, and it must have been uh, 14, maybe 16. And within the first, like, two minutes of the movie, you just know. You know something's off. You know it's <laughs> right. a different director. You know it's, like, a little, the lighting's a little cheesier. And then you get Chris O'Donnell. It's, it's just, like, even as a kid, before you know, you know all the technicals and the, whatever the production side of it, you know that something's, like, <laughs> just off in the kitchen. And uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of amazing how you can, uh, I guess. Is that the Batman nipple movie? Or I can't remember. Bat Oh, I think it was. He did two, I think. He did the fucking, like, the Riddler one, and there's, like, he did the Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones one, and then there was, like, the Mr. Freeze with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman. Okay, so yeah, was, okay. So there's, there's definitely some nipples. I don't know on which one. <laughs> well, 
I mean, it, it's uh, it's something we were curious about. Um, I, I watched it on VOD, I think through Amazon or something like that. Yeah, I did it as well. Is there any plans for like a Blu-ray release or maybe DVD or something like that? The DVD is definitely getting released. We're actually working on uh, some uh, extras right now for the DVD. I have like I storyboarded the whole film, and I have uh, storyboards that we're going to put in there. But unfortunately, I put a bunch of like Jared Leto and Tom Cruise's face in the storyboards. <laughs> just to, like, like I would periodically do that, just like entertain myself. Like I was doing, I storyboarded for, like a year before the movie, just to, like keep myself busy. And there was a scene, like, see the fun zone scene, instead of, like, those masks, it's, like, Jared Leto's face while these guys are <laughs> dancing. It's... And, uh, that would be pretty so scary it... at that point. Yeah, like, if they took off a Jared Leto face. <laughs> <laughs> so right. I don't think they'll be able to use those on the, the DVD. So you guys will have the, the skinny on why certain certain storyboards are missing from the DVD. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, just like I would just yeah, do dumb shit like that to entertain myself while I was drawing. Um, but yes, no, the DVD, IFC Midnight's going to release the DVD, I think. Definitely sometime in the next couple months. I, I can't imagine there will be a Blu-ray, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and But yeah, hopefully it's basically it's out. It's doing like a small kind of theatrical run in various cities all over uh like i think it played and started at tucson last week or it's probably just finishing today i think it tucson. did yeah i saw yeah. that but so yeah if we're just doing like you know these small runs here and there and it's doing it's kind of vod on demand thing which is you know definitely this is all learning for me it seems to be the, the new model with uh films like this as far as you know you're not going to get like a big theatrical push and right test market it kind of yeah, yeah, they expect you know the returns to kind of come back from uh, from VOD and such. But uh, so yeah, so basically it's 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 out there, and I guess you know once once it hits Netflix, that's when that's when all our lazy friends will really check it out. <laughs> well, and they're like, okay, now I watch it. Now I watch it. Well, I'm definitely picking. I'm a, I I definitely want to get it on Blu-ray. So hopefully, if it does well on DVD, which I'll be buying. Uh, I, yeah, I can't imagine it can't get a Blu-ray release, man. It, I mean, it it looks so cool. The colors and and the aesthetics. I mean, yeah, it seems I, like I it, d- it yeah. deserves that. All right, well, I well, I appreciate that. You know, who knows? We'll we'll see. I definitely, you know, I hope that. Uh, you know, some some new audiences will kind of pick up on it next month with Halloween, and you know, people are always looking to see something new, new horror wise. Right. So I think it'll be, you know, it'll be a, you know, I'm definitely I made this movie as a fan of of all these genres and of crazy kind of movies. So I just, for me, it's just most important that like it gets back to those people and those kids that that like this kind of stuff. Well, one last, it's a multiple part question I want to ask you, and then we'll let cool. you go here because we appreciate your time, man. Um, I like talking. It's cool. Yeah, no, it's great talking to you, man. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is now that you've kind of broken into the scene with a narrative film, as you call it, I mean, what are some dream projects? What are you? Uh, is there anything that you have that you might be wanting to work on or any upcoming ideas that you might want, any genres that you want to tackle? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely... You know, working with Pee Wee Herman was a, a big dream of mine for a long time. But then, nice. unfortunately, uh, they made that last Pee Wee movie, which I thought was actually great. And I actually really love that director, John Lee. I think he uh, oh, does I amazing stuff. Yeah, like he's, I mean, if anything, you know, I've had some communications with him. And he was telling me what that process was like as far as kind of subverting or downplaying his more kind of freakier 
leanings, and uh, I thought he did a really killer job with that. But for a minute, that was something I dreamed about. But I don't. I think my uh, my ideas for Pee-wee might be a little too uh, dark and weird. Ah, um, I would love to see that, by the way, because I feel yeah, like it'd be great. I watched the new movie and I did enjoy it. Yeah, it was good. But I wanted a darker, a darker yeah. movie. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. But I, I did like it. I thought it was really successful and had a really unique, consistent tone. That's not not too easy to pull off. Um, you know that book, Black Hole? I think I know what you're talking about. Is it a sci-fi it's like book? A graphic, it's a graphic novel. It's kind of like a body horror thing. Uh, it's amazing. It's just a wonderful book that's you know, been bought and sold by some David Fincher, blah, 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 for years. I've been trying to make a movie. That's definitely a... A big project, kind of a dream, dream zone for me. Because the story is amazing and the visuals are amazing, and I think I could really uh, do something yeah. wonderful with it. But, but like I said, it's definitely a you know a big studio property now that I don't think they're gonna let uh, the director of Anti Birth touch anytime soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, I think I'm just you know right now I'm writing kind of like even a little more narrative like my next project i think you'll see will still be within the kind of horror fantasy realm but will be like a little more focused in a way um you know i, I if i had my druthers i would love to do like a uh john phillips papa john uh biopic like the guy from my mamas and papas that was nice. you know crazy croquet that ended up like fucking Mackenzie phillips on their mamas and papas reunion tour and <laughs> The daughters are all Scientologists, and like I would love to do. Oh, that yeah. makes for a great story. <laughs> yeah, and just like just the duality of like literally the guy singing, you know, Monday, Monday, blah blah, and then literally like having Mick Jagger like fuck his daughter, and he's like so ho loft. <laughs> like it's uh, uh, brilliant, brilliant. And again, it just goes back to like duality. It's like I'm a big fan of you know the seedy underbelly underneath, like something that's on the surface appears very home or. Uh, nice, for lack of a better word. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think that's something that will probably be pretty consistent in the next couple of movies, as far as just trying to play with those those ideas of what things are really like versus what they appear like on the surface. And uh, you know, always, I think just like violence and these kind of uh, gore effects are just a good uh, a punctuation, if you I will. Think like so I'm too, not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like a gore hound or like someone that gets off on the blood, but for me, it's like, it's an expression, you know, it's like literally things have gotten this crazy that it's going to explode or, you know, we're, someone's driven to violence. Like I like the, uh, the heightened emotions of that as opposed to me just being like, Oh, I want to see lots of blood. No, it's right. more about it's gotta like, be a balance. Emotional. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, it took a really long time to get anti-birth made and I'm hoping to, streamline that turnaround for the next one <laughs> well we're looking forward to it man and thanks you know, man. we wish you we it. wish you the best of luck on that because i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing what you do if that's your first movie yeah. like we're ready for the ride man like we yeah, want to yeah. see it go right. buck wild so but uh thanks. yeah man and and it was really really actually very awesome talking to you and we really thank you very much for, oh, for uh sure, dude. for uh doing that for us and uh taking your time with us so Thanks so much. Yeah, no, man. man. I appreciate it. I appreciate the support. You know, do me a favor to spread the word. Tell people you know around Halloween time to check out the movie. And, uh, Absolutely. And we'll definitely be in touch. I appreciate it. When you first told me about the film, mm-hmm. I didn't know there was after, 
anti-birth? I thought it was afterbirth. <laughs> and there was another movie? Were you looking for another movie? No, I just thought about something that happens when you have a baby. Oh, all the pickles and all, and all the, the meatballs and shit that are floating <laughs> around. <laughs> it, it, it is a great film, though. All right, guys. So that's our interview with uh, Danny Perez. Thank Hell you so much. yeah, dude. Thank you so much, Danny. Uh, if you're listening now, thank you so much for that. It was really cool to talk to you. Felt like we were talking to one of our friends. Yeah, it was a great guy. Very down-to-earth person. Very much so. Very talented, too. I know. His first movie, you know, and it's... That's nuts, dude. Yeah, it's, like, really well done. Like I know, dude. I, and I know that I'm sure he, you're probably thinking to yourself, these guys are just totally sucking my D right now, but that's <laughs> not what we're doing, Danny. Uh, we really actually did enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, it felt like a an elongated uh, X-Files episode. What were some of your favorite parts? Oh, dude... Like without trying to ruin too much, you know. The 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 primary people involved with the acting, Natasha. Natasha Leone. Yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah. Because I've uh, uh, I like Orange is, is the New Black. Right. And she is fantastic in that, and it was really cool seeing her in this. Yeah, and Chloe Sevigny. Uh, oh, for sure. She was really good. Actually, all the actors were really good. Oh, and it for was sure. Really cool to see Meg Tilly back in oh, a role. I know. She played crazy like really well. Like, almost, like, surprisingly too uncanny. <laughs> like, she was just so calm about everything that happened. I know, dude, for sure. I, I thought it was really great. Uh, the music in it was really cool, oh, very sure. atmospheric yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. odd. Like, the whole fun zone thing was really cool. I know. Uh, with the ape suits that they were... <laughs> almost like a Chuck E. Cheese sort of place. Oh, for sure. But it was really trippy. The gore in it was, like, very well-balanced. Uh, it was unyielding, but it wasn't like, let's just throw everything we can at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like schlocky and silly. It was fun and it made you laugh. It was a com. It's technically a horror comedy, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was like a really, um, it's like a, like a really drawn out orgasm that you, <laughs> you, you could release like at the end. <laughs> yeah. The end guys wait for the end. Oh, it's phenomenal. The end is like. <laughs> really awesome it is worth the payoff for the whole thing yeah it's like yeah uh it goes like buck fucking wild at the <laughs> end you're just like whoa uh but yeah if you want i put a link i'll put a link down in oh, the amazon sure. the yeah. uh, video on demand link below so that you guys can check that out but highly recommend it and thanks again danny oh for sure uh but we're gonna go ahead and move on to the main topic um now uh which is seaworthy horror so movies that are surrounding being in the middle of the ocean or the sea or, you know, something that you're on a boat or in the middle of nothing, no land near. Okay? Mm. So there's quite a few movies that we came up with, some of which you may or may not know. We kind of strive to grab some kind of unique, yeah, um, you know, kind of obscure shit. You know what I mean? For sure. Stuff that you may not have seen that you might find some value in. Value. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Because that's... The kind of people we are. That's what we do. <laughs> well, one movie that I know that you haven't seen, and I'm going to talk about this first, is Virus. Uh, I I may have seen it. I'm not sure. Well, what's it about? Tell me about okay, it. Okay, well, ba essentially, and I'll read you directly from the IMDb. Um, it says, when the crew of an American tugboat boards an abandoned <laughs> Russian research vessel. A tugboat. <laughs> The alien life form aboard regards them as a virus which must be destroyed. Now, 
to give you guys kind of a background on this, this was actually a comic book. I think it did translated see this. to movie, but it was poorly translated. No, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, I'm sure that you couldn't fit the entire story into an hour and a half. Yeah, so I'm sure it was like okay. hard to figure that out. That. I can see that. But Jamie Lee Curtis starred in this. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, along with William Baldwin, Stephen Baldwin's ah, brother, ah. Donald Sutherland. Um, if you guys are fans of the uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, oh yeah, dude. Uh, Joanna Pacula. Uh, there's quite a few others. Actually, Cliff Curtis, who plays in Fear the Walking Dead. If you guys are fans of Fear the Walking Dead, which actually the seasons isn't too bad, but he's the the stepdad guy, the dad role. Uh, he's in this movie, and there's quite a few other uh, notable characters in this, but. I actually really like this. It's super gory. Like, to give you guys kind of an idea, without ruining it, I, I feel like I'm going to ruin it. I don't know. Okay, guys, give me give me 20 seconds, <laughs> and I'm just going to spat off some just, quick yeah, shit just, just tune, for all tune, you spoilers. Turn down your, your radio for like 20 seconds. <laughs> if you guys know what the virus is, basically what happens is, is they get on the ship, these robot uh, like an energy has shot down from a satellite onto this research vessel and has taken over their entire robotics <laughs> division and have taken robots and made them alive. So they have a living organism now sure. through electronics and everything like that. Okay. And now they're like bioengineering <laughs> humans with robots. Shit. So it gets really graphic, really gory. Um, it's pretty cool. It's kind of a sci-fi horror, but it's still a horror movie. I really like it. If you guys haven't seen it, it's only out on DVD. I'm sure you could probably get it on VOD, but that's the spoilers part, so we're clear now. What other movies uh, seaworthy? One that you're a fan of. Oh, dude, uh, Triangle. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen... I saw it like recently, but I saw it multiple times. It is disgustingly smart. I think it's it's a film that's smarter than it really knows that it is. Right. Uh, I mean... Uh, it's a part mindfuck, part seaworthy... Yeah, it's it's very uh, very cyclical. Cause cause when I saw it with my my wife, right? You know, I'm like I'm like trying to describe the film to her, and she's like, "What was this film about?" And I'm like, "It's cyclical." And she's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "It's cyclical." <laughs> yeah, no no spoilers, but the film is like uh, the beginning is the end, and the end is the beginning. Okay. It's it's very like I said cyclical. Okay. It's it's much much smarter than it leads on to be. Well, to read you kind of what IMDb says, it says the okay. story revolves around the passengers of a yachting trip in the Atlantic Ocean who, when struck by a mysterious weather conditions, jump to another ship, yeah, a cruise ship, only to experience greater havoc on the open seas, which yeah. is very vague, but vague in a good re in a good way. Um, I really like this part, and I'm going to do a quick. Five second spoiler, so just close your ears when it. I say this now. Close your ears. The part where they have all the clone bodies all over the deck. Oh, yeah. Where they, like, killed them. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. That blew my mind. Do you know but, what else? Spoiler uh, off now, but that part was really cool, man. You know what else that uh, we didn't really talk about earlier? What? What about Dagon? Well, Dagon is, but it's all on land. But it is part of the sea. It starts... Yeah. <laughs> but it isn't. It, it, it's under the ground. Like technically, in Dagon, 
the 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 godlike creature that lives yeah. underground, the okay. father or whatever they call it, lives in a cave directly under the city. Yeah. So it lives in the core of the earth in the water. No, that's cool. I, I just so I wouldn't it. consider that seaworthy, okay. but even though okay. it is very H.P. Lovecraft Cthulhu style. Yeah. Okay. It is not Cthulhu. It is. I don't know. It's just not. <laughs> it's not seaworthy. Okay. I like the isolation factor. Virus has that isolation factor. Okay, okay. okay. Triangle has the isolation very factor. Very much so, very much so. So those are where you're on a ship or in the middle of the ocean and that shit's going on. There's quite a few uh, movies, by the way, guys, that we're going to miss. So, Yeah, um, we suck. We're just making this up as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did watch a movie called The Rift. Oh, The Rift. one we talked about in the I've previous not, I've episode. I've not seen it, but yeah, talk about it. I've not seen it. Um, The Rift... To give you guys kind of a heads up, hold on a second. My shit's fucking up. You are a fuck up. <laughs> That's what my parents keep telling me. <laughs> um, no, but uh, to give you guys guys kind of a head up, heads up while the alcohol's kicking in. <laughs> kicking in. Wow, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're very articulate for someone who's been drinking. Typically, I am pretty articulate. Um, I, I am not. I am like, I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> you need to take a breath. Um, but the rift takes place in nine. It was actually made in 1990, so it's like on the cusp of those 80s styles movies. Oh yeah. Before it got weird into the 90s. Like I'm not putting down 90s. I mean, but it's not my favorite. My favorite decade. Yeah. Um, uh, but it says an experimental submarine, the Siren Two, is sent to find out what happened to the Siren One, which has mysteriously disappeared in a submarine rift. Things go awry when they begin to find oh. a rift in the ocean oh, and seaweed. They find the debris, basically, of the submarine, the yeah. Siren One. But this has special effects from somebody that worked on special effects in Aliens, I think. Oh, shit. Um, so they have some, like, talent. And dude, like some of the explosive creature parts in this movie are really awesome. <laughs> like it's actually pretty gory for oh, it's like really fucking cool, man. And like super weird creatures that are coming out of the walls and shit like oh, that. Dude. But it is uh, directed by Juan Picor Simon. I hope I'm saying that right. It stars Jack Scalia. I think I'm saying that right. R. Lee Emery. Armory. Oh, Ermy, yeah. sorry, cool. that's cool, man. R. Lee Ermy, he's the guy that did Full Metal Jacket. Oh yeah, he was this drill sergeant. Oh yeah, he was also in Vernon, the one we were talking about outside. What is it called? Vernon, the Untold Story, that the mockumentary movie. Oh, uh, uh, Beyond the Mask or whatever. Yeah, Vernon Behind the Mask. Okay. Uh, Ray Wise is in this movie. A very young Ray Wise, guys. He's also in Twin Peaks. He was also um, in this new movie called, uh, what is it called? Night of the Living Deb, D-E-B, <laughs> which is kind of crappy. Um, but yeah, those are some of the notable ones. But honestly, I thought it was a pretty cool movie. Like, I think that was, uh, there's some really cool scenes. They had this big starfish type thing that Kate oh, was cool. like mounted to the wall. That's fucking cool. And it like bit like one of the main guys <laughs> and like took him up and sucked him into its body. <laughs> it was really cool. Oh, it's cool, man. 
Very, very practical effects. Lots of practical effects. Really fucking cool, man. It had some pacing issues, but whatever. That's all good. It's 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 essentially an eighties movie in my book. Yeah. Anything else that you uh you know, as far as like seaworthy movies, there there's other movies that I've seen, but I don't remember them. Like, uh, what's a deep blue sea? Well, there's uh, a couple notable ones, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember enough about them to really yeah. talk about them. What's the one with the uh, LL Cool J? Is that deep blue sea? <laughs> I, it, I think so. I get that and Deep Star Six mixed <laughs> oh. up. Oh, that's so old school. But yeah, there was and, the like genetically mon- uh, engineered shark one yeah. that was with LL Cool and, and J. Le- Le- Leviathan. Yeah. Well, movie. Leviathan, I, I remember watching that. I get all those three all mixed up because they were so not like well, yeah, anything. They were all like uh, knockoffs of each other. Yeah, they were pretty much essentially knockoff movies. Yeah. So it's really kind of hard to figure out which one stands out. <laughs> and I'm sorry, guys, if one of those is your favorite. I'm very sorry. My I'm bad. Sorry. Did you ever see Deep Rising? Oh, dude. Treat Williams is in it. I did see it, but I don't remember it. It's been so long. Dude, that movie's great. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. It's probably my most favorite Treat Williams movie. Deep Rising, wow. There is a lot of stars in this movie, um, but uh, essentially it's called... I'll read the IMDb for you guys. A group of heavily armed hijackers board a luxury ocean liner in the South Pacific Ocean to loot it. Interesting. Only to do battle with a series of large-sized, tentacle, man-eating sea creatures who have taken over the ship first. Holy shit. It is uh, directed by Stephen Summers. Oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, the Mummy. Yeah, I think he did do. He did all the mummies. He yeah. did even did, he even did the Scorpion King. And uh, I think some Van Helsing movies? Let me look here. Let's look. I know he did the mummies. Summers was the mummy. Uh, yeah, he did, um, he started off with Catch Me If You Can. Oh! Do you remember that movie? Really? That was a good movie. That was, dude. like, one of his first it's directorial a, debuts. With, uh, uh... Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks and, uh... And Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Leo DiCaprio. Was it Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. Where he, he played the, uh, guy who was, uh, he were he... No, f- this is, this is a different movie, dude. Oh. I thought it was, but it's actually like some fuck you. 18, 1989 movie that probably lost the rights to the name. <laughs> so, yeah, not that same movie, guys. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, catch me if you can. I thought that was a the one that we're thinking of. I thought it was a uh, Spielberg flick. Yeah, this is a um this is like an old movie they probably lost the rights to. But yeah, he did the, the Mummy, The Mummy Returns, Van Helsing, Revenge of the Mummy, The Ride, I guess, GI Joe, The Rise of the Cobra. Odd Thomas. Oh. And I think he did some writing for all those movies, too. So You know, Odd Thomas. Did you ever see Odd Thomas? Yeah, I did. Uh, it I had did, some weird pacing stuff yeah, going I did on not with li- it. I did not like it as much as I thought as, as I would. Right. It, I uh, wanted to like it more than it was. Yeah, for sure. Would, and, yeah. you know, for the late yeah. Anton Yelkin. Oh, Yelkin. Yeah, who just uh, passed away here recently in a freak car accident. Do I you know. remember that shit? It's nuts, man. And not only that, but... Dude. He was, like, getting his mail, and he didn't oh, put his car in park or something like that. It's fucking And nuts, then man. as he's walking up the driveway, the car backed into him against the mailbox or the wall and killed him. Like, what it's the nuts, fuck? Man. Dude, did, did you ever see the uh, the Fright Night remake? Yeah, I thought he was good in that. I, I, I loved it, dude. Yeah. The Fright Night remake, because I'm a big... Uh, uh, what's his nuts? <laughs> 
Uh, oh, uh, David Tennant. Yeah, yeah, David Tennant from the Doctor Who series. Yeah, who it, essentially hand by himself revitalized the Doctor Who franchise. Oh, I know. David Tennant saved Doctor Who pretty much. And I'm not much of a I'm a, I'm a sci-fi fan. Don't get me wrong. And I think I'm a more of a Hugh fan than I am a Trekkie. You suck. I don't want to say Star Wars, but Star Wars. Star Wars I like Doctor Who. It's weird. It's just this weird. I grew up with it, man. I used to, when I was up late at night and I had to go to school and shit, or it was like Sunday or whatever. What? <laughs> when you're up late at night, you had to masturbate? <laughs> no. But Doctor Who is like one of those things, man. But anyway, back to topic. Back Deep to rising. Top. We'll, we'll do, we need to do an episode one time on sci-fi. Sure. I'm we'll do down. It. Yeah, not now. If you guys are interested, sound off in the comments. Yeah, pretty much, dude. Let us know. Because I've know. thought about this recently. Um, but Deep Rising, to get back to that story, oh, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. I, I totally oh, derailed all good, that. Dude, good. But um, Deep Rising with Treat Williams, uh, it has uh, Famke Jansen, she's a really got a weird <laughs> name, but you've seen her in a bunch of movies. One of the other guys that's really notable that I thought was really good in it was Kevin J. O'Connor, O'Connor. and he's like, hey guys, like, but he's like a likable guy, I don't know why. I have no idea who he is. He's got like a rat, I think, in the he, movie, kind of like an abyss, like a like a, some boobs. <laughs> no, like the the rock band. Oh, the ro- Mike's the- drunk. I'm fucking with him. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let's take a shot. Come on. Oh, oh, I, you don't need any. I don't. I don't need a shot. You're man. good. Uh, Alex is doing it up, real strong. That's good shit, dude. You're goddamn right. It's good. <laughs> Deep Rising, Treat Williams, one of the best Treat Williams movies, I think. No, it's cool. I remember seeing uh, Deep Rising in the theaters. Actually, Treat Williams was in the movie Dead Heat. Oh, dude! Do you remember with oh, Joe, man, uh, a, Joe, great... uh, uh, the Saturday Night Joe Live guy, Piscopo, Joe Piscopo? Joe Piscopo. Yeah. I did, I've not seen Dead Heat since since I was a kid. Yeah, that movie was directed by Roger. Or no, wait, no, I'm sorry, Mark Goldblatt. But wow, uh, dude. but yeah, wow. Treat Williams in De- Deep Rising. Like, the movie's really campy, but it's, like, fully aware that it's campy. It's fully, like, able to have fun with itself. Oh, yeah, dude. And, and like, there's some pretty cool deaths, some pretty cool things that people say in it. Like, the very end of the movie, I won't spoil it for you guys if you haven't seen it, but the very end is very cool, and I wish they would have made a sequel for it and called it Land Rising or something like that. <laughs> but it is, it is, is one of those gems, and I actually had to buy it in a dual pack. So it was like a movie mixed with another movie. So it had another movie with it. Oh, yeah. But I just wanted it on Blu-ray. So I had to have it on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. So it's like now I can like breathe and not have to want to seek out that movie anymore. <laughs> Even though if they had a special edition, I'd probably buy it. But uh, what are some other... Uh, what is another one? We watched a movie today, actually. Oh, dude. What was it called? It was called The Ghost Galleon. Or a.k.a. Horror of the Zombies, which I think is what they called it in America. Yeah, it it was a Spanish flick, right? Yeah, it's a Spanish director, actually. Amando de Osorio. Oh, cool. Who did an entire uh, four films off of it. He did a lot of other films that are notable. Okay, cool. But Tombs of the Blind Dead was the first one. And then Return of the Evil Dead, which is the second one, which is essentially about the Templar Knights. So what did you think of that movie? Like honestly, like it's totally cool if you didn't like it. 
Well, it's it's a uh, we watched the Ghost Galleon just to be clear. Oh yeah, which is the third in the quadrilogy. It was, you know, it was par for the course for uh, something in the early seventies. Right. You know, I mean, it, it it doesn't hold up much now. Yeah, it, as far as the acting and the and the writing and whatnot. But what I really dug on it was it did have that atmosphere that I right. uh, that I liked. The set piece was really cool. Oh too. yeah, I mean, it looked great, dude. And not only that, but the. Uh, the the creatures the the zombie guys right you know i mean it's it's even though like i said it's it, it was missing a lot of stuff in regards to whatever because of when it's ma- being made right uh i really dug the uh the creatures the zombies yeah. they they were cool they i looked- think i think some of the younger horror crowd that might be listening right now might not be really into it i thought it was i thought it was cool but you never know yeah. like it is one of those movies I call it like hangover movies, like when you just don't want to think too much and you yeah. just want to watch the movies. I'm not saying they're bad. Uh, Amando de Osorio is considered one of the most humble directors ever known. Cool. In Spain, he was like one of the biggest directors for horror. Cool. A lot of directors have used him as a inspiration uh stepping stone sort oh, of yeah. I to, that they got interested in him and he like when you, I saw interviews he's passed away now but oh, really? I saw I, I watched in the box set that I got of the Blind Dead ser- uh, collection oh wow it has like a, a documentary and there's like a 25 minute and like I think there's like a 15 minute documentary on it and he uh, he talks about like his movies and he's so humble he's like yeah they're not really good but I did what I could with the yeah. money that i had no it's cool it's like in the ghost galleon which we watched oh for yeah, yeah is essentially about these models that are trying to pull off some sort of publicity stunt and they go out to the ocean to get stranded so they can be saved and put on the news and then people can like start talking about these models well it goes awry of course yeah. they run into this ghost ship that is from these um exiled uh, Templar knights yeah, who were banished from like Spain or something like that and practiced black magic with like Satan or some shit like that. <laughs> and they died and they had all these car- sarcophaguses on board and they came come back to life and essentially are, are out hunting for people yeah. in the ocean. And these girls stumble upon it and, you know, we like to call these uh, zombies, by the way, sloth zombies. <laughs> Some of the slowest zombies you will ever see in a movie. I, I kind of dug it, though. No, I I like it, but like That's it cool. really is. If you're looking for like fast-paced, in-your-face horror movies, these people are like have like ample opportunity to get away from these things. Yeah, if you want fast zombies, look at Danny Boyle. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, they're not really zombies; they're just infected. Oh yeah, but. This is like, we're talking 1974. Yeah. This came out. This is the third in the four series. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it, for its atmosphere, the dialogue was kind of cheesy. I expect that from that kind of film. Yeah. Especially someone that's not English speaking. You yeah. know what I mean? I guess. Because it could be a translation issue. Well, that too. There were some things that they said that were in Spanish. Oh, okay. That they called. He was like, I'm not a centuria or some shit. I, I don't know what the fuck they call it. But yeah, what, I mean, what do you, overall, what did you think of the movie? You know, uh, honestly, true opinion. Not something you'll rewatch? And yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. it, 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 had okay. some, it had some aesthetics that I liked. 
you know, some physical things that I kind of was into, but for the most part, eh. Well, I think in a lot of ways, I think that movie is kind of like one of those things that kind of did something different with zombies at the time that nobody else had done. Yeah. But it's almost like Blair Witch. And we always talk about Blair Witch. And and, 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 and just because I might not ever go back and watch it again doesn't mean I disliked it. No. I I think it had a lot of aesthetic things that I appreciated. Right. No, it's an acquired, it's an acquired taste. I guarantee you, if you grew up watching that, that probably sticks with you a lot more. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know what I mean? And I'm very open to that idea because I don't want to like, just like curse movies and be like, Oh, because that's a part of like history. You know, just like Blair Witch. Like no one will ever understand that movie. If you've never seen it when it came out. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they'll never understand the appeal of it. For sure. But that's like the the Blair Witch anomaly. <laughs> so there was that other movie that that we didn't mention, which is the Ghost Ship. Oh, which I do not fully remember. Yeah, <laughs> it was a a Dark Castle flick. Yeah, it wasn't a great movie. I it, I, I like Dark Castle. It had it had good moments in it though. Yeah, I still like. Well, <clears throat> Gabriel Burns in it. it. Well, let me see this. Uh. I like Dark Castle. I like the work that they do. I don't know if they're producing any products now mm-hmm. or any films. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, dude, Carl Urban's in it too. You oh, know who really? he is? Yeah. Oh, dude. Carl Urban is the, um, he's Judge Dredd. Scotty in the Star Trek movies and then Judge Dredd. Dude, that's nuts, man. Yeah, there's a lot of actors in this movie. Like, it's insanely crazy how many actors are in this movie. Uh, Isaiah Washington, Desmond Harrington, Juliana Margulis, but Gabriel Burns in it. He's the lead star, actually. He's fucking phenomenal. Steve Beck actually directed the movie. Wow. Um, He's actually done quite a few things. He he did visual effects on The Abyss. Oh, really? Yeah. Holy shit. And he did The Hunt for Red October. That's nuts, dude. Crazy. Yeah, he worked on a lot of stuff visually of visual effects. He even did Indiana Jones and the uh, Last Crusade visual effects Shit. on that. But the one part, and if you guys haven't seen the Ghost Ship, the one part that I always remember is the line. There's oh, like yeah. a I don't remember why it <laughs> happened, but there's this large wire that goes through the boat and rips it in half. Yeah. And it cuts everybody on the dance floor in the ballroom in half. Except for, like, a couple people. Yeah. And that's where the movie starts. That's where the, like, chaos and the ghost ship starts. But I don't remember what the wire... Why was it doing that? Do I, I, remember? It, I don't remember either. It's It's been so long since I've seen the film. I just know that it's, it's not bad. I mean, for me, like... I like a certain level of cheese with my uh, sure. my sandwich, and this uh, this You'll does have some cheese. It. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's not bad. I mean, it's it's it does what I need. Right, I should say. You know, not a great film, but it's a Saturday morning. You know, I like it. I mean, it, the the story says a salvage crew that discovers a long lost 1962 passenger ship floating lifeless in a remote region of the Bering Sea soon notices. As they prepare to tow it back to land, that strange things happen. Yeah. Which is pretty vague. <laughs> uh, it's It's got like a 5.5, which is not bad. No. 
It's watchable. It's not something you probably actively seek it, but I have met some friends that are like, oh, I love Ghost Ship. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> like that's the movie you bring up of all your favorite movies? <laughs> Do you have head drama? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Did your parents drop you? No. It's not that bad. No, it's not. Every movie has, well, not every movie, <laughs> but most movies have like nuggets of good shit. Yeah. And there's always something that you resonate with, something that you love. But yeah, I mean, there's some other uh, notable ones. I mean, guys, I'm sure we missed a few. We, we totally did. You know what I mean? But I'll give some honorable mentions to oh, semi-seaworthy, sure. which obviously is Jaws. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Orca, things like that. Uh, the Fog is kind of a seaworthy yeah, story. Yeah, it definitely has its uh, one foot in the sea. Because they're... <laughs> It does because they aren't they trying to like get the gold that's like a gold cross from the church or some shit like that. It's just like a ship coming out of the ocean, and that's a movie I need to see again. Is the fog not the remake? By the way, guys, throw that shit out. We're talking like nineteen eighties John Carpenter fucking the fog. If you see anything else on it other than John Carpenter, throw it out, burn it, shoot the person (laughs) that gave it to you. What about uh, uh, we kind of talked about this earlier? Not fully seaworthy. But uh, Dagon. We did talk about it for yeah. a while, but I don't feel like it's a seaworthy movie. But it is notable because it does delve specifically from the sea. Yeah. Because these people pray to the sea because they can't get fish. Yeah. Remember, they're like going out trying to get fish. They're not getting any fish <laughs> it's, it's anymore. So lame. Like, and then all of a sudden they start <laughs> worshiping this god. And then not only do they get fish... But, like, gold starts washing yeah. up on the shore, like golden <laughs> idols. And then they start turning into fish and, like, different types of fish and octopi and everything else. So, I don't know. Seaworthy Hori is very specific. Yeah. But there are some valid ones in there. And if you guys have any particular ones that you know of that we should watch. That we missed. That maybe we missed. Please, we love that shit. Oh, yeah. Like... If you're a horror fan, you actively seek movies. And if someone tells you, hey, there's this really cool movie, even if it sucks after you watch it, you're like, oh, I just want to see that shit. I think that's pretty much it for Seaworthy Horror, huh? Yeah, I can't think of anything else other than uh, nothing. (laughs) Uh, Other than like a sea man. Well, there's the black, the creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, I guess you could consider that seaworthy, but not really. There's a list. If you type in movies that deal with, or horror movies that deal with the sea, Google will pull up a whole list of stuff. I, I looked it up after I figured out a whole bunch of things that I thought of. <laughs> but it some of them are so, like, not similar. But yeah. anyway, um, I guess that's it for the Seaworthy Horror today. I do want to thank you guys for coming by. And I also want to give a big shout out to Danny Perez for um, stopping by and spending oh, yeah. time with us. And uh, cool. we, we really do look forward to what he's got in the future. If you guys haven't seen it, check out Anti-Birth. It's worth a watch. See what you think. You can cuss me out later if you hate it, but I, I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy it. Um, also, if you guys haven't already, please do go to the information in the bottom of this cast and follow our Facebook, our Twitter, our SoundCloud, our YouTube Everything that you can, because oh, everything that you follow us on, you can find out information, find yeah, out about contests sure. early. 
Uh, we are going to be doing another contest. We got some new movies. We literally have a pile of movies that we put together today with music from our bands even oh, for that sure. we're going to give away to people. And if Marsha Miller, if you have heard this and we haven't heard from you, we uh, we heard that you got in a car accident. She was the winner of the of the horror shot contest. So we hope that she's doing okay. Yeah. Um, but we're going to give her a little bit of extra time, obviously. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Marsha, if you're okay, hit us up on SoundCloud. Uh, we hope you're doing okay, and I'm back on the mend. But great show, man. Dude, for sure. The interview was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I, it was a lot oh, of fun. This is a, a fun episode to do. So, so but... The, uh, Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, what about next week? What are you thinking about? What do you want? What do you want to do next week? Yeah. What is it? Well, I do want you guys. How about we do this? Okay. How about we tell them about some of the ideas that we have? Oh, sure, dude. And what? see what they want to hear next. Oh, I'm down with that. Yeah. And if anybody's like, if you guys start telling us what you think, if you listen this far into the cast, uh, you're fucking amazing. First of all, <laughs> um, but. We were thinking about doing like Asian ghost movies or Asian horror. Asian horror. Asian horror is a very broad term. So that one's kind of like, we may want to be a little more specific. So like, if you got an idea on that. But <laughs> if you guys have a specific type of Asian horror that you think maybe we should try to tackle, let us know there. We've also thought about, we are going to be doing something special uh, for Halloween. We're going to oh, be doing yeah. the one of the franchises, one of the... The top slasher franchises. Personally, oh. that's my favorite thing to do every Halloween. Oh, yeah. Watch Freddy, Jason, Halloween, yeah. Chucky. One of the franchises. So we're thinking about doing Friday the 13th this year. Oh, for sure. Going through all the movies, including the remake, and just watching them all. And then kind of just going over what was our favorite parts, yeah. favorite things like that for Halloween for you guys. Um, we also... What else? Oh, I got... Two of the movies, Funny Games, which is coming, uh, that was out. There was two movies that were put out, and they were directed by the same director. So the remake is actually done by the same director. Oh, that's crazy. It's almost like a Sam Raimi sort of, uh, you know what I mean? But it's called Funny Games. Uh, The director is Michael Haneke. Huh. He actually did the first one years ago, and then sometime later decided he wanted to do a remake of it in English because huh. I believe it was in Dutch or German okay. or something. Deutsch. Deutsch. So it could be Dutch or Deutsch. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, if you guys think one of those or something stands out for you there, we're welcome to tackle it. We're also talking about tackling some directors like oh, Lucio sure. Fulci. Oh, Fulci would be awesome. Uh, some, some of these we want to prepare for. So we got to kind of watch them over a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, we only have so much time. Yeah, what I want to say too is like, uh, we are going to go to a haunted house here. Locally, oh yeah, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, I think they open maybe in another week or so. Okay, we can go. Sweet. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, oh, we were thinking I wanna... about going out to Vegas, but we, I don't know if I can afford that right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm with you. I have too much. Prostitutes are too expensive. <laughs> but uh, uh, we were thinking about going out to Vegas, but we're probably not going to do that. Um, we're limited on funds. Plus we have a collection to maintain. I know. Which is pr- costly. Yeah. Um, heroin is expensive. Yeah. Heroin and, and heating up the spoons. You got to go through a lot of spoons. I know. Yeah, the spoons, they bend and, <laughs> but <laughs> Mike, it's good to have 
us together again. For sure, dude. You know, For sure. I really like doing this. It is and phenomenal. And I hope you guys see that, too, that we really love this shit. Um, I love shit. <laughs> and, and, and our listeners do, too, apparently. <laughs> But yeah, thanks guys for stopping by. Make sure that when you're out in the middle of the ocean that you're not followed by a bunch of ancient Templar knights. Yeah. Uh, if they are, break free. Don't stand in a corner like a fucking idiot. If a bunch of sharks are trying to get you, yeah. and they're trying to fuck you, just fuck back. <laughs> Punch them until you're, chewing, you're swallowed by the shark. I know. The, but the, yeah. Those teeth are just... They're just gums. You know, they're, they're nothing to be they're worried about. They're love hugs from the love shark. Hugs. <laughs> but yeah, stay safe out there on the seas, guys. We are Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast. We will be back next Monday. Take care. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys. Everton is the dominant speaker.